Our scripture reading comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 2, verses 15 through 21, if you'd like to follow along. This is Paul writing to the Galatian church. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. But if, in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could not be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we're beginning a sermon series for the next few weeks, looking at the book of Galatians. As we're looking at the early Christian church, the early Christian community, specifically those communities that were located in the region known as Galatia, in the Asia Minor along the Mediterranean Sea. You may be wondering a bit of why we're looking at Galatians. I know we read portions of this, chat, of this book uh, in our reading of the story the past month or so. As we looked at the New Testament church and of the letters of Paul and of Peter and of John. But you know, as I was reading those chapters of the story, I felt like we weren't just kind of skimming and just getting the highlights of each of those books without really looking at the situations and the challenges that these early Christians were experiencing. And I think we missed in some ways, most importantly, of how Paul encouraged them, of how he continued to share this message of grace and of hope and of life and of love to these churches that they had received. And as he saw and heard of the challenges that they were facing and of the ways that he worked to build them up. So before we begin with this morning's scripture, which we've just read from Galatians chapter 2, verses 15 through 21, I just want to take a second to set the stage for this letter that we call Galatians, since we're going to be spending the time in it for the next few weeks. Galatians is written to the cities that Paul visited in his first missionary journey. If you've ever looked at a map in your Bible, you'll see there's the journeys of Paul, and there's often four different lines of the different journeys that he took. And so this, this letter is addressing those churches that he visited in his first missionary journey, which happened roughly 47 A.D. to 50 A.D., Galatians is a letter that is interesting in the New Testament because it's not written to a specific community. If you read the letter to the Corinthians 1 or 2, we know that those letters are directed to a specific church that's located there in Corinth, which is a city. Same with the book of Romans. Paul is writing a letter to the church that's located in Rome, helping them to see what it means to live and what it means to live as a Christian community in a life of faith. See, there is no city called Galatia 
in Asia Minor, nor was there one in Christ's time or Paul's time. Instead, there's a region called Galatia that if you look on your map, it just says the Galatian region. It's near the Tarsus Mountains. And there's a number of cities that are located there. And it's those cities that Paul visited in his first missionary journey. Some of those cities may be familiar to to you. There's Pisidian Antioch. There's Iconium, which we read about later in Revelation. There's Lystra. There's Derbe. Each of these cities were significant, and each of these cities Paul visited. Paul visited the cities that were hubs, that had crossroads and trade routes that that crossed through them. He visited cities that he knew that travel and commerce would happen so that the message that he brought to the city could be taken from that hub and spread outward as people took it. These cities were also significant because these were communities that had sizable Jewish populations. And so that meant there was a synagogue there. And we know from reading the book of Acts that normally when Paul and Peter and Barnabas and all of the other apostles were taking the message of Christ to a city, they went first to the synagogue where they would teach and where they would share and where they would talk to those that they knew were still looking for and knew the, 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 the law and knew that they were looking for the Messiah. And it was only after they'd gone to the synagogue that they would go out into the community and teach and share to the Gentiles, to those outside the synagogue. As I was doing my reading on on this passage and and on this book, I I found an interesting bit of information that most scholars think that Paul only spent three to five months in each of these cities. Only three and five months. But yet, when he left each of these cities, there was a growing Christian community. There were people that had experienced and had received the grace of God, and in doing so, they had changed their lives. Only in three to five months that Paul and Barnabas spend in each of these communities as they welcomed all into them and as they spread this message of grace and of hope to those that listened. But we also know from our reading in the book of Acts and from Paul's letter to Galatians, which is a response to challenge, We also know that as these communities of faith grew, so did their opposition. You can read in the book of Acts of how Paul and Barnabas were taken in these different cities and how they were arrested and questioned and in some cases they were flogged. You can read about how they heard or how they found out that people were plotting to stone them and so they left these cities in the night, fleeing from the punishment that was coming. But yet they carried on. They carried on as they passed on and and offered this message of grace and hope and of Jesus Christ to those that they came in contact with. The stage of this letter is, it's believed it was written about 49 AD. So Paul's at the tail end of this missionary journey, his first journey. He was likely on his way back to Jerusalem where he had been invited to to appear and to have a, a... Basically, a council with Peter and with James, Jesus' brother, and with the other apostles. 
At some point when Paul is traveling, some believe it's in Antioch, which is located in Syria, right there on the shore of the Mediterranean. Paul received word or a letter or something from the Galatian churches asking for clarification of what they'd been taught, of what they'd begun to believe, of what he really meant by a faith in Jesus Christ. See, earlier we said that the opposition grew as these churches grew. And what Paul had heard about was that there were people called Judaizers who were coming behind him in these churches. And were taking this this message that these people had received of a faith and a belief in Jesus Christ and they were adding to them and sharing and changing the message. To where the people were writing Paul and saying, why didn't you tell us everything? Why didn't you tell us that we would have to follow the law? Why didn't you tell us that we would have to do these other things in order to be believers of Jesus Christ? See, the core of the message that Paul shared was this. It was that the grace of God was all that you and I need. It was all that they needed. In order to experience salvation and to be considered a part of the Christian community. It was just grace. And if you read Galatians, that's what Paul says. It was simply the free gift of grace that God had offered. They didn't need law or sacrifice or works in order to receive the grace of God. Yet the people who had come behind Paul were teaching that they needed that. That they needed law. That they needed sacrifice. That they needed uh, to live out and to be a physical part of the community and the Jewish synagogue. In order to live into the covenant that God had made with Abraham over 2,000 years before. And so Gentiles who were not a part of the community were being told they had to be circumcised to be a part of it. They were being told they had to live according to the law. In order to be a part of this community. See those who came after Paul in these communities. Believed that the message he was preaching was was really too easy. Because if he was saying it was grace alone. And it was simply God's work and God's action. That was being offered to them and given to them. So that they might achieve and receive salvation. Well then they were saying well what about everything else? What about the the, the things we're supposed to be doing or the things we're choosing to do? They felt like like Paul was offering a, a faith that didn't require anything. It didn't require sacrifice. It didn't require work. But if you look in Galatians 1 verse 6 through 10, Paul says that what he offered was grace. And it was grace that came from God and it was grace that simply was that. It was a grace that was offered by God to each person out of his love for them. Not out of the work that they did or the sacrifice they offered or the thing they believed. But it was simply offered for those who chose to receive it. And see, if it was simply offered, that's where the people that were critical of it were saying. As they were saying that it was too free, that it came too cheaply, that it came without a cost. You know, Paul's fear 
was that there were going to be two different types of Christian communities that were formed. His fear was that there would be groups who who would follow his idea and his message of faith that he'd received from God, as he says about in the first chapter of Galatians. And that there would be those that formed a Christian faith that was centered on the synagogue and on the life of the Jewish faith. That there would be two different groups, if you will. Two different ranks of Christians that were being formed. Two different people that no longer would share a common identity. An identity that was founded and based in Christ Jesus. His fear was that those who were teaching in his absence would drive everyone into one group and those Gentiles that had discovered this gift of grace and in life and have changed their life, well, they would leave the faith. And they would just go. Because they were being told that that which they had received was wrong. And that the identity that they had claimed as followers of Jesus Christ was incorrect. And so instead of living out a life of faith like Paul had taught them, they were being told that the things that they were doing was was false. And it was an inaccurate expression of Christian belief. And so the letter to the church in the Galatian church is a response to this. It's a response to people who are challenging new converts to the Christian faith and who are telling them that the things that they have been told are not enough and that God's grace is not enough. And so this morning we begin to read his response. As we read in the first two chapters, specifically this morning, chapter 2, verses 15 through 21, But Paul begins his response by saying that his apostleship, for those that are saying it's incorrect, comes from God. That in his road to Damascus experience that you can read about in the book of Acts, when Paul was going to persecute the church, Jesus Christ appeared before him and anointed him and gave him this message to take to the world. That it was God's message. It wasn't Paul's message. It wasn't that something that, that came out of who he was or what he was saying or doing. But that it was from Christ. And to those who were preaching a message of works and of law in order to experience and receive God's grace. In Galatians 2 verses 18 through 21 it says that, or Paul says that it was his following of the law. It was his following of work. That drove him to Christ Jesus. It was his following of the law that drove him to Christ because he realized that he was helpless and simply doing the things that he'd been told he had to do. See, he's saying that in simply doing, he realized that the things he was doing was just that. And that if it wasn't rooted in the grace and love and hope that comes from God through Jesus Christ, Well, then it was nothing. Yet it was through the grace of God. And it was through the work of Jesus that Paul was able to meet God in a different way and experience the grace of Christ that was offered to him. 
And then we read in chapter 2 about Paul's interaction with Peter. See, Peter is the father of the church and all looked to him. Paul himself looked to him and said that he was the leader of the Christian faith because Jesus himself had appointed him to carry it on. And Peter had come to the church in Galatia and he had begun eating with Gentiles and Jew alike until some came and started challenging him. And Peter began to eat with just those in the Jewish faith that had been Jewish and not the Gentiles. And that's when Paul challenged him and said that our identity comes from Christ. That your identity, my identity, the things we are, the people we are, the way we choose to live. Our mark is not us. But our mark is Christ Jesus. And it's the grace that we've received from God. It's the grace that we've received from Jesus. It's not the law or the works that we do or the ways that we choose to eat or fellowship with one another. But it's our belief in Christ that gives us life. And it gives us the opportunity to claim who we are and whose we are. Which are sons and daughters of God is all who choose to follow Him are able to claim. See, this morning's passage, in a sense, is Paul offering to us the answer of whose are you? How are you going to be identified? How are you going to be known in your community, in your world, and in the circles that you are in? Because see, to the early church and to the Galatian church, he says, be known by your faith in Christ. Don't be known by who you are or what you are, whether you're a soldier or a slave or an owner of slaves or a business person or a tradesperson. Whether you were Gentile or Jew before you found this gift of grace that comes to you from God. See, he says our identity comes from Jesus. And that's how we should be known. And that's how we should live. And that's how others should know us. So that when they see the work that we do, so when they experience the faith that you and I live, they'll see that it's of Christ. And that's how we'll be known. For our identity will come from being followers of Jesus. As ones who have received the gift of grace in life. And as ones who've offered it. Because it comes from Him, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.